0: Building wealth isn't just about hustle and grind. Every day, huge deals are being made, businesses and properties are changing hands, and a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward. If you want to be part of that small group of people, then this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live get access to free on-demand in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, and much more. Just go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com or check the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now, on to the show. Okay, well,
1: we got uh, create tailwind podcast today uh i'm gonna be the host uh, harper jones switch it up a little bit we're here with uh will coleman we're gonna talk a little bit about uh short-term uh, hard money lending and some opportunities there just catch up see what he's been up to uh will thanks for uh joining us tell us uh, what's going on with you and how you're doing
2: yeah thanks for the invite harper always fun chatting with you um things are good here we're, we're in nashville we're growing like crazy. Um, we just launched our debt fund two weeks ago, um, maybe three weeks at this point, and uh, so kind of getting that running. And we're funding a couple deals this week, a couple next week, and uh, just keeping the the momentum going. So all 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 is well as here. How, how's everything with you?
1: Man, things in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee are great. Things on the Infinite Banking front, lots of people setting up policies, opening new ones, uh, using it for different opportunities. Like uh real estate buying businesses and you know, hard money uh uh loaning, you know, private lending. So well, why don't yeah. you tell why don't you kind of walk us through you guys had opened up a fund here recently, but prior to that, just walk through kind of your guys' business model, um, kind of in details. Let's just go kind of A to Z for people who don't know. Um yeah. and then we'll roll into hey, why'd you open up the fund and what's uh, kind of some benefits and stuff like that?
2: Yeah. So it. I can't tell this story without mentioning my business partner, Brandon, because <laughs> it does really all start with him. So uh, Brandon Thornberry, he's lived here in Nashville for 15 plus years or so. And the entire time he's lived here, he's been flipping houses. So he's he's flipped over 100 houses here uh, in the Nashville MSA. And when, when COVID hit, he started lending out his own capital to kind of flipping buddies of his. And as he was doing that, he was very surprised by the amount of demand for these types of loans. So basically, if someone's going to purchase a, a single-family house, that they're going to put, they're going to purchase it for two hundred thousand. They're going to put thirty grand to rehab into it and sell it for three hundred. Brandon would lend them the two hundred thousand dollars um, with his own capital to flip the house. And then it got to a point where he, you know. He, he doesn't have, he's doing well, but he doesn't have enough capital to really support more than a couple loans at a time. So me and him connected about two years ago and started bringing on investor capital to help scale this hard money lending business. Um, so really keeping it simple, what we do is we raise capital from investors and then we lend that out to people who flip houses. And mm-hmm. typically our loans are, Three to six months. So, like, six months is the longest loan term we do. Um, in fact, over the last couple of years, our average loan term has been 71 days. Um, so, we've been we've been doing them on individual loans. So, like, if we get a $150,000 loan request, we'll raise $150,000 from one investor, um, which is great because you know they can lend their capital out and get it right back. The challenge is when we pay them off, they're like, "Well, <laughs> take it back. I want you to keep using it." uh rather than just having it sit in the account mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what prompted us to, to do the debt fund whereas rather than the investors funding one deal and receiving the capital back uh you know you invest into the fund which is a pool of capital and that capital we use to lend out and then we pay monthly distributions to our investors so it's uh it's a way for investors to keep their capital working for them rather than just working for you know Four to five months or so. So that's long story short, that's that's what we got going.
1: Yeah, sure. So and we're always talking about create tail one, and just in general, that you know, money's got to flow or it dies. So if you have a pile mm-hmm. of money, you know, it's 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 not flowing, it's 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 dead, it's not making a return for you, it's not going going to work. And that doesn't mean deploy all your money 24/7. You know, you want to be wise and have reserves and personal reserves and things like that. But at the end of the day if if your money is not getting put to work you're not going to get uh, any benefit there so think of uh, an individual like me right so we're in the mini storage facility uh market and uh, you know i practice infinite banking heavily myself and when i have a uh, liquidity i'll have it in my policies and then i'll borrow from it to go deploy into these investments but i don't always have investments you know uh, aka storage facilities to put it in right away and they're going to be periodically through the year. So, what could I do in the meantime? Well, one thing could be I could take those funds, I could place them with someone like you or lend them out, right? And I'm getting to put that money to work in the interim and being able to uh, continue to build my wealth. Uh, one thing that I like about uh, the lending model like some people may lend on their own or uh, have some individuals they'll lend to, but like going through a group like you guys is you're able to. Um, place the money with y'all, you guys facilitate it, you guys already vet the deals, we get all the details and we have less and less time involved with it. And you may even get a slightly less return by doing that, but you're totally hands off. And you guys are handling all that uh, facilitating and all the details, which is very, very minimal time, which frees up your time that you otherwise would have spent to go find another deal or go produce more income while your monies get uh, put to work. So when you think about it that way, it makes makes total sense for a lot of individuals to do it or even do it for um, a short period of time. And I bet, and you tell me if I'm wrong, someone may do it for the first time and they're getting their money back. And they're like, hey, I actually kind of really like this. Maybe I like this more than even buying some investments because maybe they're finding seven, 8% returns and maybe 10, 12% returns, but they're doing all this work. They're like, well, why don't I just keep being the bank and you know lend the capital? And then when a really good deal comes around, hey, I'm about 60 days out from my deal. Can I get my funds back to go you know, put it to work? And I'm sure you see that um, flexibility and fluid flow of capital. And I think the fund enables you guys to even be more flexible for events yep. like that.
2: Yeah, and, and there's a few things you mentioned that I want to touch on um, that I like. So the first thing is, yeah, we, we do allow a liquidity option, which is really nice. So, like, we we allow the investor to invest into the fund, receive the uh, monthly distributions. Um, so, right now we're we're paying eight percent. So, an investor can invest one hundred thousand, receive the eight percent monthly distributions, and we give you. So, we we do have a six month lockup period, meaning we ask that you keep it for uh, six months. But then after that, you have the ability to withdraw that capital um, on a ninety day notice um, in the event you. You know, let, let's say you, you find a good deal that you want to invest in, or you're thinking, okay, um, I'd like to start being more active into purchasing real estate, or I think deals may be coming up. You can come to us and say, I'd, I'd like that capital back, and we'll we'll give it back to you. Whereas most funds will hold on to your capital for three to five years, and most real estate investments in general are at least a two to five year Investment. Um, so, if you want to invest your capital into real estate and earn these seven, eight, nine, ten percent cash on cash returns, you typically have to leave that capital in for a long period of time. Where we give you the ability to invest into the fund, earn an eight percent, you know, cash flow. Um, so you can use that to pay for, you know, vacations, rent, what, whatever it may be. And then if you want to. Take that capital back. You can after six months with a ninety-day uh, liquidity option. So that that is really nice. And then the second piece—I I didn't mean for this to turn into a sales pitch—but <laughs> the, no. uh, the the second piece is that we are 1st lien position. So um, when we lend capital out, we're the lender, which you you kind of said you can allow the investor to be the bank. Whereas if you invest in an equity, if you buy the real estate. If, if the market really goes bad, worst case scenario, you could completely lose that asset. That asset.
0: Mm-hmm. Whereas
2: us as the lender with the first lien position, worst case scenario, we foreclose and now we own this asset. So it's it's uh, on the risk ratio return, it's a slightly more uh, protected capital position. And then you're still able to earn a pretty healthy monthly distribution. Um, so it's it's a good option for exactly what you said. If you want to invest, earn the cash flow, but then still have the ability to access that capital in the future, um, you have that that capability.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you know, what I like about that is with the fund, you, you know, you got to plan, hey, maybe I have the funds tied up six months or whatnot, and I got to give a notice to get some back. But they're continually getting put to work. While mm-hmm. if you were to do just one-off scenarios, then you may lend on a deal and then it may be 30, 40 days before you put it back to work and find the next opportunity. And you're missing out on making interest during that time. And then a good rule of thumb in life is to not spend your principal, but just live off the interest. So a great way to do that is I may have my assets over here, have some other liquidity here and some additional, Hey, maybe I want to lend with this. So I get some exposure to real estate, but I'm not heavy into it because I already have it over here. And then you're like, okay, if I place hundred grand or two hundred grand and that's eight percent, that could be eight grand to sixteen grand a year in interest, which could end up being, you know, a couple grand a month that you could allocate for whatever that may be. Could be a vacation, could be something you stack up to go buy, could be just some um, a car payment or a house payment. You use the principle of uh, that to be able to use the interest to pay. Uh, yeah for those different things, right? It's just a good mindset shift to to do that. And it also helps you to keep your principal at work, to not be able to spend it and only have those distributions of interest. So, which leads me to when someone does, everyone's model may be slightly different, but say someone places hundred grand with you guys, how is the um, uh, payouts calculated? Like, is that monthly, quarterly at at the end with a balloon? Do you guys specialize it differently? Like, how do you normally handle that?
2: how how are the like the distributions calculated? yeah i
1: guess that'd be the question yeah
2: yeah so it's fairly simple of like you know if you lend a hundred thousand um we're paying eight percent which is um eight thousand dollars a year divided by 12. i think it's like 660. yeah 660. so you would get a monthly distribution of 660 a month um so it's 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 pretty straightforward. we We are in a position right now that the first eight months of the fund we're holding distributions because we're getting the cash when everything set up. But on month nine, um it'll start uh, you know monthly distribution of of that amount. so it's it's fairly straightforward,
1: yeah, 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 That sounds good. And yeah, we're doing this podcast. We're talking about hard money lending. I'm sure there's multiple opportunities out there. If I were to do it, I would do it with will and uh, his group. I trust them. but we never give straight endorsements to anyone. You gotta do your own due diligence and re, uh, research on your own, but I will i would say if you ended up having a call or talk with Will about it, he'd be someone you would uh, get along with and definitely
2: trust. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, well, let's walk through, and we
1: talked about it some, but if you're looking at some pros um, for hard money lending compared to you know, maybe just diving in and buying real estate, like if someone's saying, hey, I got some capital thinking about buying a project or two, maybe they don't have much or have one or two versus um, potentially lending to get some exposure. What would you say some pros to maybe getting some exposure lending versus actually buying some yep. assets managing them themselves would be?
2: That's a good question. I, I would definitely say like start with buying. this. this um, if you've not bought any real estate or if you don't, if you're looking to grow your wealth, Go by like the, the the lending is much more of a protect your capital rather than a build your your wealth. It's it's more of a protect your wealth rather than a build your wealth investment. Um, when I when, when I look at like let's say you you have a portfolio or you've got a you know a balance sheet that you're looking to put to work for you, you want to have put it in buckets. So you want to have a percentage of that capital that you're velocitizing, meaning that you're looking to increase the principal, double. like you want to invest $100,000 and get $200,000 back in a few years. Like I would, if you're starting out, I would prioritize the velocity of, of capital and velocitizing mm-hmm. your money, which would come through the purchase of real estate. Um, the Once you've done that and you're looking, you have, you know, you have capital in kind of the velo- uh, velocitizing section, and then you want to more so, protect your wealth and live off of cash flow that that's what I would say then you can start kind of looking at at lending your capital. Uh-huh. So um, I, I, it, it goes against you know investing in our fund, but I, I would definitely push that person towards go buy something if you're getting started uh, because that is you're gonna build wealth faster that route. whereas an investor who is either retired or is you know high w-2 income earner and they just want additional cash flow to live off of they don't want to be an active investor um, we're so more tailored towards that um, but i'm a big believer in having your bucket so you want to have a portion of your capital in acquisition a portion of your capital in cash that you're as reserves, and a portion of capital in more of a cash flowing investment. And we're definitely that cash flowing investment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I hope, does that answer the question?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say answers the question. I would agree. I would think someone yeah. should get exposure and real estate nine times out of 10 themselves. Maybe that's uh, they joint venture with someone who has more experience. Maybe they buy a house, invest in an apartment complex storage, something of that nature. Uh, a lot of people that would be ideal for Um, like your guy's fund would be someone who has a lot of excess capital. Um, for example, maybe they got a lot of, uh, property reserves, uh, and property taxes and insurance bills that they stack up and accrue. They can't necessarily put to work in a new asset because they're not sure when they'll get those proceeds back and they have that tax bill due whenever that time is of the year. Right. So you're like, well, I'm stacking it up. I could put a portion or a good chunk of it, um, go lend it out right put it to work make some interest have it come back the principal uh, with the interest and now i can go pay my tax bill but i have an additional interest that I otherwise wouldn't have had by putting to work dead money
2: right yeah and, and in fact we have we have an investor who does just that he he's uh he owns he so he escrows all of his property taxes and insurance and he just invests his escrow capital with us or, or you know percentage of it um cuz he knows when he's going to have to make that payment um, and so he can withdraw it when 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 needed.
1: Yeah, and that individual referencing he set up a policy for his escrow, yep. <laughs> which would be the taxes insurance, borrows from it, go puts it to work with you guys, and then flows it all through his infinite banking system, and then pays that bill uh, when it's needed. You know, property tax. Um,
2: yeah, the the infinite banking and the lending really does work well hand in hand. Like. Um, I'd love to tap more into that mark or that like investor profile because it, it just works so well uh, mm-hmm. together.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like, so for an example, let's say, Hey, you have your infinite banking system set up. Say you had a couple hundred thousand in cash value and it's sitting there. It's getting put to work, you know, it's growing uh, tax free within the policy Well, you can borrow against it with policy loan with the line of credit. Right. And let's say you take a policy loan of, could be 50,000, 100,000, whatever number that is that you'd go put to work. And say you go invest it in a hard money loan, right? Well, then you're gonna make interest more than you would be charged on the policy loan. Your policy is still gonna be earning this whole time tax free. And then whatever interest you did pay the insurance company to borrow, you use it for a business purpose. Now I'm no CPA, but you should be able to write that off. So there's a little bit of kind of arbitrage and you're really just making your money work uh, in two different places for you, right?
2: Yeah. And it, it is all about that, like finding ways to have your capital work for you.
1: I think it really makes you think. So, you know, I'm I'm pretty active. And like I said, buying storage and, and making the money go to work and velocitizing it. But, you know, I do have dead money uh, for periods of time. And it makes you really yeah. think, oh, I like seeing that bigger bank account balance or I like seeing the liquidity. But the thing is, it's not doing anything for you. And once again, you'd want to make sure you keep sufficient reserves in general, but I look at it and it forces me to continue to think, even this conversation here, oh, I got this money just sitting there, not doing much for me. I need to really go put it to work. And I'm like, I bet I would have three or six months that I could go put that to work before I would truly, you know, need it. Right. While it's just sitting there and that could yield me another X amount of interest and help build my wealth or help offset oh, I got to go pay this tax bill. Well, that could at least help to pay some of the tax bill or some of these other expenses that, uh, you know, would otherwise come up, right? Or, yeah. and I've really been wanting to, like, for example, I just, right before we hopped on a call, I got some season tickets to uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. And, all you know, right. they, weren't, they weren't necessarily cheap. I guess it's all relative. But I'm like, okay, well, if I spend that, I'm like, well, what if I go put these dollars to work, get some interest, and it's like by the end of the year to springtime, it's like those could be paid for every year I do that. It's like that interest I'm making could be off of, you know, hard money loan investment. That interest could be able to pay that when it comes due every year, right? So I put my principal mm-hmm. to work to have interest be able to pay for something like that for spending my, you know, straight principal, right?
2: Yeah, and we so we we have the fund, that's kind of the primary source of raising and lending, but we still do individual loans on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we kind of offer both in tandem. So we do have some investors that uh, I think you would probably fit this bucket that would prefer like a 60-day loan. Like you'd rather lend your capital out and get it relatively quickly on one specific deal, mm-hmm. um, rather than investing your capital and having the cash flow. Uh, so we we still have the individual loan option. That's a little bit unique. We don't pay monthly cash flow in that. It's all a balloon payment. Whereas the, the fund is. Mm-hmm. His monthly distribution. But I like that because we can serve as kind of both investors The the investor I think you would fit in of, you know, like, let's, let's do a 60 day loan, um, make a few grand in interest, use that to pay for my last month's expense, um, mm-hmm. or the investor that wants to park 200 grand and just and have the cash flow, um, you know, for the next for as long as they leave it in the fund. Yeah, uh, sure. And a, a funny story you mentioned about like having it pay for baseball tickets or uh, mm-hmm. the football tickets. Sorry, yeah. uh, we had an investor fund a loan, and he funded it the day he went on vacation, and I, we paid him back the day he came back.
1: <laughs> and I like the mark. amount
2: of interest. Yeah, the amount of interest we paid him. I was like, I bet that just paid for his entire vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It just makes you think, you know, uh, differently about it all. And I know like this topic today is more about hard money lending and investing, but in general, you know, it's just about moving your money and just really thinking about it and you need to really actively be looking at the flow of your money and and time it. And there's some individuals we know, like the one we were referencing earlier. I mean, he does that to a T he is timing his money almost to the day from hard money lending, to putting it into a deal, to refinancing for the next deal, to funding his infinite banking system, to borrowing from it, to he just keeps looking and planning so that his dollars keep compounding and velocitizing. And uh, he's been very successful by doing that. And in general, anyone who is financially successful is really velocitizing their their money, right? And really putting it to work. So this is a great arm and bucket to be able to Uh, do that and and utilize and there's some people probably coming up on some big refinance or sales this year or just in general or any time in life they're like okay i could put it to work but i got all this excess cash i would at least put a portion of it which could be substantial and go go park it somewhere while i'm waiting it's like oh i don't need that and if i did i could wait three six nine twelve months uh on a notice to be able to get it back because i have other funds over here so just another way to diversify you know
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like, as as I mentioned earlier, like I I would recommend the bucket towards the velocitizing capital to be bigger than the bucket you're putting towards cash flow. Mm -hmm. Um, it it depends on where you're at in life, but um, I'm definitely more in line. Like, um, when I invest, I think okay, am I either velocitizing this or am I investing for cash flow? It's one of the two. Um, and I I tend to prefer the velocitizing versus the the cash flow, both are great. Um, but because I, I think it's kind of in the beginning of your investing career, you want to velocitize and as you get further along, you want to go for the cash flow. But mm-hmm. both are better than letting it sit.
1: <laughs> yep, for sure. And I like how we're kind of describing the buckets and and stuff there too. You know, it's smart. I mean, like you could be consolidated and focused in an avenue like real estate, but then still have buckets within real estate. So you're not taking too much focus away right yep. so i'm not, i'm not someone who's like put 10% here, 20 here, 30 here, 20 here and it's like you're doing okay in all avenues but i like to have more honed in focus so that you can compound and grow that up to where you're going to do substantially better in life and in that avenue if you have a lot of focus to compound there versus trying to have your your focus all over the place which also is another benefit if you're to invest in hard money loans you're not taking a lot of your time and yeah. you could just email you or call you for an update or however your guys' system is, but then keep working on producing or velocitizing your other dollars and then line up another opportunity. Okay, this opportunity is a couple months away, notify you, let you know, and then kind of go from there to time everything, you know?
2: Yeah. Absolutely. And I um I can't chat with you, Harper, without asking your thoughts on the market. So I I oh um, yeah. <laughs> we've had some fun conversations over the years of uh I mean, obviously, now we've got inflation, we've got the Fed, we've got valuations kind of in limbo. What, what are you thinking about? What are, what, are you, like, what are you paying attention to?
1: Man, and I know we were talking years ago. So late 2019, me and we were talking more about the Federal Reserve and how they were kind of backed into a corner with inflation and where rates were. Um, then, you know, kind of COVID happened and then the response to COVID really with all these issues and tons of money printing. I didn't expect that to happen. I actually wanted to sell some assets into 2019 because I thought we were going to have a a bear market. Turns out it was a very short little bear market with a lot of opportunity that spring-loaded and to really even an extension of the already big bull run we've had. I'm no economist. I have been proved wrong over and over and over again. But one thing I know is if you buy right uh, in general and you study and you know what you're investing in, and you're not investing off speculation that if you just do it over a long period of time, you know, you'll be successful. And that's kind of the approach I've taken is like when we're buying these storage facilities, I wanna make sure that we stress test them with more vacancy, more collection loss, higher expenses, higher interest rates for a refinance or a sale or just in general to make sure that we can still cash flow and be able to have good debt coverage uh, ratios and uh, lower loan to value. So we may buy a property, like higher loan to value, and we know we can get the value up and stabilized even if the market comes down some. Um, so I just like to be conservative in that nature. But once again, and I always come back to this conclusion, if I have a bunch of liquidity, and say so we sold everything, or we made some decent money, that money is now doing nothing for me. There is no cash flow. I am living off the principal or minimal interest, right? Um, Because you're not getting a lot of interest in more of a safe environment. You need to go put it back to work, to compound it, to multiply it. And the only way you can do that is with assets, which could be real estate or cash flowing businesses or things of that nature. But you just want to make sure that you are, um, you know, smart about it and educated. So for me and my approach, keeping a little bit more, Reserves and liquidity. I am um, still investing in real estate, staying more hyper focused in the storage avenue, right? And um, uh, just making sure that the deals really, really make sense um, instead of trying to pencil something that may be a little bit tighter that maybe we would have bought a couple yes. years ago. Now, what will the Fed and interest rates do? Ultimately, I really have no idea. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they raised a little bit more we have more of a hiccup in the market and they end up reversing. But I also wouldn't necessarily be surprised if we see any double digits interest rates. You know, you just never know. That happened back in the, the 80s and, um, you know, it could definitely happen again. So just, you know, make sure that um, you're just educated, you know, and yeah. listen to people who know what they're talking about.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with everything you said. Of uh, Like stacking a little bit more cash than I usually do um purchasing real estate that's well structured in terms of the debt it's got uh it it, it 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 can handle kind of uh anything that comes its way because of how the debt is structured and how the cash flow is structured mm-hmm. um yeah and and i definitely think that a debt fund is, is a good place to put capital uh because that cash that you have sitting could invest that and, and get cash flow off that um and yeah in terms of interest rates I, I would agree with what you said as well like I could see them raising kind of break something and then come back down um but it's it, it's fun times to be a investing economic nerd for sure
1: <laughs> yeah and right now I think some people have gotten a little spooked depending on who they are and I think that also opens up some opportunity So like some of these sellers, mom and pop, or even semi-sophisticated sellers, they're sitting there like, you know what, maybe I want to cash out. I've had a great run, which is wise of them. If they, you know, have a lot of equity and they bought a couple of years ago, they could still cash out and do great. And they're being more reasonable. Maybe they're more open to seller credit or seller carry, or maybe financing the whole thing and getting more creative, which then enables you to make the numbers work over a longer, you know, period of time. And uh, maybe in general, the guy you've been calling, and it makes sense for your portfolio in that area to have it, you can now get that property or project because they're more open-minded to selling because of the current you know, economy, economy being a little more uncertain.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, well, anything else you want to add here, Will? Maybe you can give your contact info and website if anyone wants to reach out and talk.
2: Yeah, I guess very quickly, um, I know Jim's into the the crypto mining Um Have you come around to the crypto world or are you still staying Uh, away from it?
1: Yeah, I'm not as heavy into uh, crypto. I got minimal exposure. Uh, Jim has a handful of businesses in the crypto space, much more educated, got very educated partners he's uh, uh, connected with. I'm sure we can hop on a call sometime and and talk about it. But Jim's a little bit more gung ho in that field. I got a little bit of a gold and silver bug in me more than crypto. And uh, there's arguments for both, but you know what? They're all there for the same same uh, purpose to um yeah take yourself away from the government pool which uh
2: we want to break away don't we will (laughs) that's right no i'm always curious your thoughts on that but um yeah so uh, my email is will at urbangatecapital.com um urbangatecapital.com is our website probably the best way if you're interested in either borrowing capital from us or investing your capital with us um will at urbangatecapital.com is just shoot me an email um i'd so over the last two years we've lent out just over 18 million um and we've probably done 115 loans or so um so we're looking to we're, we're really focused on nashville NSA and, and we've done some in knoxville so w- we think nashville and tennessee is just a phenomenal place to be in terms of the supply uh, the supply-demand ratio for housing, um, I, I just think it's going to be extremely well-insulated, especially in like the affordable housing, three-bed, three, two, three two-bath, you know, two to $400,000-square-foot, or two to $400,000-priced uh, housing. Um, so if you're borrowing in that market, or if you're interested in investing and in parking your capital in that market as a, as a loan, um, shoot me an email and, and we can, uh, we can chat.
1: Yeah, it sounds good. Appreciate you coming on. Will, will I get this one uploaded? People listen to it. I'm sure it'll be a good education. It was for me. Cause I haven't done a lot of private lending or hard money lending. And I don't know, maybe I'll, uh, get my feet a little wet here.
2: <laughs> I'll keep bugging you about it.
1: <laughs> right, I'll see you. Thanks for coming. All on. right. Thanks Harper.
0: Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We
1: become what we think about. Now let me say that again.
0: We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.